Hey, welcome to the Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast. Today's guest is a world-class athlete, a role model to millions, and a leader's leader. He is the first person to win the fittest man on earth four times. Get ready for a powerful interview. Today, we've got Rich Froning. This is the Craig Groeschel Leadership Podcast. I'm super honored you join us again for another episode of the Craig Groeschel Leadership Podcast, where we honestly believe that everyone wins when the leader gets better. If you're new with us, we'll drop a brand new teaching on the first Thursday of every month. And I would love to invite you just to subscribe. That way the podcast will come directly to you wherever you consume the content. And if you're interested in diving deeper into the content, we have a leader's guide that's available to you. You can go to life.church slash leadership podcast and just give us your email. Then every month we'll send you questions and more content that you can go over if you have a group of people or just want to study it on your own. Now, I believe that leadership is holistic. And today we're going to talk to somebody who is one of the most elite athletes in the world. We're going to learn how not only to get better physically, but there are principles that will bleed over into our leadership. So I got to sit down recently with Rich Froning. So sit back, get ready to take some notes, and let's hear from one of the best of the best. Hey, Rich, it's a massive honor to have you with us. Four-time world champion CrossFitter, is that right? That's correct. Yes, sir. And also, I did four times in the, in the team competition as well. Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah. Just uh, wrapped up the fourth about two weeks ago. So I am uh, I'm crazy excited to talk to you as an athlete and as a guy that also is um, passionate about trying to maximize the potential of my body and then just as a leader. I don't think I've been more excited to talk to anybody. So I appreciate you uh, <laughs> taking time to, to inspire us today. I'd love to dive into a couple of your quotes and then um, just kind of see where this goes. One of the things you said that I love, Rich, you said the human body is an incredible machine, but most people only get out of the machine what their mind allow them to. Can you unpack that a little bit for us? Yeah, I think, you know, um, of, of all the success that I've had, they're competing. Um, there's been guys or girls that are probably fitter than I am and and have had more, I guess, genetic talent than I did, um, but they didn't have the mental capacity to push to those limits. I think that's something that um, is is either learned over time or something that's you're born with, and and some people just can't handle that, and that's something that uh, I've I've had, I guess, the the perfect storm of upbringing and, and everything else all combined into one that, that's helped me get to this point. So I, the way I always said it kind of in teaching is that, that your body is capable more of more than your mind understands. How do you... Uh, For sure. How do you, what do you say to yourself in your mind to push your body beyond what it's done before? Yeah, you know, it's, um, you know, it, it, it's actually funny. There's, there's almost like a, a transition that's happened. You know, in the beginning, um, you kind of run from that pain and, and try to stay, stay out of it um, just because it's, it's not a comfortable position to be in. But, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years, but I've been, you know, training my body physically since I was, what, 12, 13 years old. And so, you know, as you, 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 gain some some knowledge and and some experience in those um, particular feelings that y- you just know that hey when when it hurts that's when the good stuff happens and you know I've had a couple the last uh, two years ago I, I tore my meniscus and so um, it it took a while to heal and was frustrating and in the pain was was not a pain that um, was a good pain you know like I, it, I found myself this season being able to push hard 
and enjoy the the physical pain of training because I didn't have the physical like stabbing pain in my knee. I was almost thankful that I got to got to go to that point that that I knew I was getting better because I didn't have the pain in the knee. And so it it's a it's it's a cool maturity level to kind of look at look back at the different levels and the different things that I um, have kind of. Um, led one into the other, um, getting to this point. I, I love going to the gym. I worked really hard on my diet, and I read that you can you actually eat some pizza. Yeah, I do eat pizza every once in a while. A lot of people uh, talk about in the documentary where where uh, I was also, I think at that time, what was I, 27, 28, yeah. something like that. So my metabolism was a little better. Um, the last couple of years, I've realized I'm, you know, I'm 32 now. I've had to rein in that diet a little bit, but yeah, there's definitely some days. So hey, that listen, I enjoy man, I'm 51 and I'm not listening to that 31 wine and stuff. So man, you just don't even <laughs> just keep going lifting your little weights and quit I your whining. It. All right, I got it. Yep, yeah. <laughs> so all right, uh, I understand. So hey, I uh, I've worked out with some CrossFitters and I'm actually never trained consistently in CrossFit. But what I understand is that the community aspect really seems to be a driving force behind it. That we're in this together. You said this, Rich, you said strong people don't put others down, but they lift them up. Tell me how that works in leadership and in CrossFit. How, how are you helping other people get better as a leader? That's definitely the draw of CrossFit is the community aspect of it. Um, the the combined suffering, the day in and day out of, of you know, having people that are going to push you, but also people that are there um, to, to that have the best your best interest in in mind and and so for me personally, um, when I stepped aside from individual competition, you know, I grew up playing team sports. That was that was my deal. I never really played any individual sports. So for me as an individual it was tough and and moving to the team side when we had kids that was a, a big driving force in that. But um, to be able to share that with with other people, um, you know, the highs, the lows, uh, the day in day out, you see the sacrifice, the the just, you know, everybody's moving towards a common goal. And and for me personally, my leadership style is more of a, a lead by example, or I'm going to be right there with you, suffer with you. Um, I'm never going to ask anybody to do something that I wouldn't do myself. And so um, that's just, you know, my parents were the same way growing up. Like we, we had chores and at the time I hated it and, and was frustrated, you know, when I'd have friends over my parents, usually they didn't care, you know, they, my friends were going to be out there helping us. And so, um, but my parents were always right there next to us doing the same thing with us. So, um, I couldn't really fault them. So I think that's really transferred over and, and been my, um, I guess, driving force of the the type of leader that I am. Well, it seems to me that is just such a, a great strength of those in the CrossFit community is that everybody's getting better. And that's the thing about leading teams. We always say everyone wins when the leader gets better. And I'd, I'd love to kind of get into your mind and have you help us you're obviously one of the most disciplined people on earth. Your training regimen is, you know, scary, ridiculous, um, disciplined. And you said this, I like this quote. You said, in training, you listen to your body. In competition, you tell your body to shut up. Can you talk about yep. how you grow in, in that kind of self-discipline as a leader? Yeah, I could probably grow a little bit better in the um, listening to my body side of things. You know, uh, it's taken me a couple of years to kind of figure out, hey, you know, when things start to ache a little bit, maybe I should um, have those things looked at or taken care of ahead of um, them turning into an actual injury. But uh, I've done a lot better at that in the, the most recent years. But yeah, in competition, it's um, you, you're gonna you're gonna bleed and you're gonna do whatever you have to to win. And um, sometimes the body wants to wants to tell you to slow down a little bit, but you got to kind of push through. And luckily for us, the the type of training that we do and the incredible athletes that we have here push each other. Um, to 
to levels higher a lot of times than what we do in competition. You know, this past year, I feel like um, the group that we had, it was a lot of selfless individuals, a lot of high caliber athletes that, um, you know, every single day was some type of competition and, and we wanted to beat each other so bad um, that when it came time to, to compete against other people, we were lights year, light years ahead of everybody else. So, you know, it's, you just, some people are born competitors and I was one of 32 first cousins on my mom's side, 25 of us are boys and literally every family get together was some type of competition. And, and, um, that was definitely laid the groundwork for, uh, the type of competitor I am today. Well, I think your wife said that you're kind of crazy competitive, that anything you do is a competition. Yeah. If, let's say there's someone that's more of a collaborative leader, but they actually would be, would benefit from being more competitive. What, what advice would you give to someone who's coming into the gym or maybe in their first time as a leader, what would they do to to see the benefit of competition and use it in a way to make a real difference? Yeah, that's that's something that's that's tough for me to you know I've the last couple of years I've had to step back and try to figure out a way to relate to those type of people because for me, um, competition is just it's who I am whether it's you know in athletics or in business you know like competition I, it's just the way I was grown up and so for my wife is is one of those that she could care less about competition so it's um, you know it's something that I've I'm still actually working at trying to relate. One of the ways we talk about it here when we're working with people is sometimes a common enemy unites. And so if we can yeah. find something that we are combating together, that can that's one of the greatest forces of uniting a team. And then in competition too, like in, in our leadership, that doesn't necessarily mean that someone loses, but what we want to do is we all want to win. So if we can get better than we were, right. that, that it kind of helps us drive us with that competitive nature. I, I like um, one of the answers that you gave in an interview question a while back when someone asked you, what are three tips to improve their strength? And so what are three tips? And you said consistency, consistency, and consistency. Um, I think that's true in every yep. area of your life. And leadership. Tell me just very practically what does consistency look like for you in your life? Yeah, I think it's it's finding it's it's almost that um, you know, we were talking about earlier being uncomfortable. Um, you know, find things that are are going to challenge you every day and consistently get into those things that challenge you, whether it's, you know, for me, one of the the biggest things um when I stepping outside of athletics um was you know, public speaking. I, I can't do it. I hated it. Um, in the beginning, you know, 10 years ago, if you'd have told me, even we were doing this right here, I would have told you you're probably crazy interviews, anything like that. But, um, you know, it took a couple of years of, of doing those things and not turning down, um, whether it was, you know, speaking to small groups or speaking to kids or whatever it was doing those things. And it, it's, it's helped me in, in many other areas, um, as far as business goes. And I think that's, you know, the consistently, getting outside your your comfort zone and doing those things that you don't want to do um, is, is going to help you. So, Rich, one of the things I admire about you is that you've stayed at the top of your field year over year over year, which is really, really hard to do. But then you shifted from just competing individually to competing as a team. And you certainly recruited great world-class athletes, but there are other great world-class athletes you're competing against. And yet, somehow, you brought the best out of them and you won year over year over year. What would you say that you did consistently to inspire them, to to bring the best out of them? If you're talking to a leader in any field, 
What do you do consistently as a leader to get the best out of your team? Yeah, I think consistently, like I said, we had good people around. So that wasn't the problem. That wasn't the issue. Um, you know, nobody really had egos. Everybody wanted to, to had the same common goal. And so I, I really, I think it's the, that they understood that I wouldn't ask them to do anything that um, I wouldn't do. And, and it kind of comes back to a question we talked about earlier. But I really think um, that is one of the, the biggest things is you're not going to, you know, there, there were days that we didn't want to train or people didn't want to do things, but they knew the, and that also goes back to the consistency piece is I was there day in and day out. And like I said, even on the days where I wasn't physically, we were all weren't in the same spot. You know, I was telling them exactly what I was doing. Um, and they, they knew that the work was going to get done. And so, um, I think it's more of a, a lead by the front lead by example type. Um, that's just, that's my leadership style when when it when you boil it down that's that's what it always comes back to yeah i think it was john wooden who said the most inspirational thing you can do is lead by example it's close to his quote and it's obviously what you do i'm going to ask you a question that might be hard to answer but i i i love any time that i get to talk to someone who's at the top of their field which you obviously are and you've been there for a long time there's more than just talent and honestly there's more than just hard work there's some intangibles that set the very best apart from the others without, you know, feeling like you're bragging. Can you tell me like in your own life, what is, what is one or two of those things that sets you apart? Or you might even say in other leaders or top athletes you've seen, what are some intangibles that take an equally talented person and, and allow one of them to stay dominant for longer? Yeah, I think uh, for me personally, it's that it's almost, it was a, a perfect storm of all those different things. Like I said, you know, I, I'm one of a ton of cousins and it was always, there was, I was bred in a, a competition environment. That's, that's been my entire life. Um, my parents were incredibly, um, they're the hardest workers in the room, no matter what room you're in. Um, I had an incredible high school baseball coach, high school baseball experience where, you know, um, we ran and trained harder than, you know, we joked that we ran more than the track team, but my, my baseball coach was all about mental toughness, you know, like getting us in hard situations and seeing how we performed. And I think it's just, you know, I was a firefighter also for four years. So there's just a lot of things that all of those things lined up. And then, you know, the, the, the kind of the icing on the cake is my faith. My faith is a huge part of who I am. And it, it, um, all of those things, I think kind of combined into the type of athlete I am, the type of competitor I am today. Um, I don't, I couldn't really pull one thing out of there um, that really sets me apart. I think it's just really a kind of a, a mix of all those things and how they all work together to, to create the athlete or the leader that I am now. Well, you've had really an unparalleled run of success, but you didn't always win. Can you, can you tell me, Rich, you know, about a time where you really were kind of crushed by your own disappointment and, and how you responded to it? Yeah, we we don't really talk about those second places very much. Um, we try to hide those. But um, the fir the first year, you know, I'd um, when I I found CrossFit in two thousand nine, um, I had a professor that that showed us CrossFit dot com. Um, we started training in July of two thousand nine. Didn't really know there was a CrossFit Games. Uh, soon found out that you could compete in this stuff. And me and my cousin who started CrossFit together were like, hey, we should give this a try next year. And the next year. Um, I went to sectionals and it was one of the qualifiers and you had to be top 15 to go. And it was kind of on the way to spring break. And it was one of those deals where we're like, all right, if we, you know, if I'm not in the top 20 after day one, we'll go ahead and get an early jump on spring break. Well, we show up and there's 75 guys that look like they're out of the movie 300. And so I'm thinking, all right, we're going to get an early start. And uh, after the first event, 
you know, I'm crushed. I feel like I'm dying. And Darren walks up. He's like, hey, I, I just checked the leaderboard. And you know, back then it was just a whiteboard, no, no crazy cool uh, graphics or anything like that. And he goes, uh, you won that workout. I was like, all right, well, I guess we'll hang out for a little longer then. And so uh, I ended up winning my sectional. So I won my sectional, went to regionals. That was kind of my goal that year was to, to make it to sectionals. And then I, or to regionals, I ended up winning my region, um, went to the games and going into the final event, final set of events, I was in the top three, or I was, I was winning. I was up by a couple points. And so, you know, I'm pretty fired up and, um, the final event was this three-part series of, of different workouts and three separate scored events. Well, before that, they'd taken the top, I think it was 18 men, top 18 women, taken all forms of communication, uh, locked us in this room, and six people would disappear and never come back. And, um, you know, it's first year, you're, you're starting to play a little bit of mind games and, um, you know, get out on the competition floor. And basically, he, the, the director of the CrossFit Games just smashed us for... 30 minutes, three separate workouts. You know, I won the first workout. Um, the only person to finish the workout started the next workout completely trashed because I went way too hard on the first and then make it to the third workout. And so that's kind of where the story gets real good. Um, there's actually a YouTube video for anybody who's following along and wants to watch this. It's the, uh, the final of 2010. And so, you know, I, I do the burpees part of it. And then the next part is a rope climb and growing up, climb trees, um, we had a rope in our barn, uh, rappelled off of a cliff behind the house with a garden hose at like 14 or 15. So didn't think anything of it. Well, I go to climb the rope and arms are completely shot. No arms left. And I'm like, all right, let's gather ourselves." And I'm watching around and people are using their feet. And the only thing in the back of my head is my dad told me uh, growing up that using your legs was for sissies. Um, so I never learned how to uh, climb a rope with my feet. Thanks, dad. And, um, you know, so I, I'm trying to climb the rope fail, trying to climb the rope, fail. There's people in the crowd trying to show me, um, you know, how to, how to hook my feet into this, you know, hook my feet into the rope. And finally I had rested, I guess, long enough and I, I make it up 20 feet, um, touch the beam. And as I'm coming down, I make it like one or two hand over hand. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm pretty close to the ground. Well, my, I just let go. And you know, that feeling that you fall and you're like, okay, I'm about to hit the ground and you don't hit the ground. Um, that's what happened. And so I, pretty sure my pride hit first, then my feet, then my butt. And um, I ended up making it up the rope two more times, um, finished the workout. They take us back. Don't tell us anything. We have no idea what, you know, what the score is, anything like that. They take us back into another small room and make us go through a drug test. And so sitting there mentally, mind games, uh, you know, did I do enough on that first event? Did I not? walk out of the, the drug testing to the, the award ceremony. And the first, first time that I see that I got second and, um, you know, in my mind failed is I see on the $25,000 check that Graham Holmberg had won the CrossFit games. And so for me, um, that was a, it was a tough, tough pill to swallow. You know, I, for at least at, to that point, 10 years, you know, physical fitness, competing, um, had kind of become my identity. CrossFit had become who I was. And I'd put so much into that. And to, you know, people might laugh at this, but getting second was the most miserable experience I'd had um, in, com in competition to that point. And for the next couple of weeks, couple of months, I, um, you know, I, I didn't want to compete. I didn't want to work out. And so to have that thing that I'd put so much into taken from me um, was tough for me. And so, 
you know, not to get super in-depth spiritually or faith-wise, but luckily I had a good group of guys and and some people that asked me some hard questions and, you know, why was I living the way I was living and what was I living for? And, and you know, I'd let my identity become, you know, a worldly thing. And so after that, I kind of reprioritized everything and, and put it into my faith and and saw that my, the gifts that I'd been given um, were the my way to give back was to glorify God and all that I'd done and, and tell as many people as I can. And like I said, I'm not to get too in fit in depth yep. phase wise, but that's, that's really what turned it around. Well, it's so powerful. And so you, you won, you won, you won, and then you, you wouldn't win. And it is a crushing disappointment. Your identity is wrapped up in it. Can you talk to a leader right now, Rich, that's discouraged and maybe feels like, you know, I was top of the game. Now I'm not, I'm falling behind. I'm too old. I don't have what it takes. What would you say to them? Maybe something like you said to yourself that allowed you to regroup and come back even stronger. Yeah, I think it's really taken a kind of an introspective look and and looking at those things and and trying to figure out why you're doing what you're doing, you know, and are you doing it for the right reasons? Um, if you can, for me personally, if you can get outside of self um, and do it for somebody else, I for me that that works great. And try to figure out what your what are those things that that motivate you, but also. Um, like I said, what's the end game and what, what, why are you doing what you're doing? And, you know, this isn't your identity or who you are. It's kind of, um, it's moving forward. That's, yeah, that's powerful. And I think that's hard for a lot of leaders really to embrace because we, we tend to project our identity into what we do, into our performance and such. And then we have to manage the expectations. I imagine you've won so many times that there's probably massive expectations people put on you. How do you deal with that external pressure of outside expectations? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, external expectations are, are hard, but um, I feel like the internal expectations that I put on on myself and our team are are even greater. You know, I every year I train to win the CrossFit Games. That's the one and only goal. Um, it's it's a blessing and a curse. You know, we finished the CrossFit Games two weeks ago. Um, the next day I'm already thinking about, all right, what's the plan for next year? How do we get back to this point? Like, it's almost hard for me to enjoy... Um, enjoy even finishing and, and winning, you know, like it's, it's really, and, but that's not, that's not an external pressure. That's a, that's an internal pressure. And so the external pressure is just something you do, you know, you deal with. And, and, um, but for me personally, the, the internal pressure is even harder and, and outweighs the external pressure. So I'd love to get in your mind, Rich, and let's say it's, um, you know, you're at the end of a competition. It's really, really close you think you've got what it takes, but it's, it's really going to take a special effort. Can you tell me what goes on in your mind? We all have kind of an inner monologue going at different times. What, what do you say to yourself? Yeah, for me, it's, it's, you know, I know that throughout the year, we've trained or I've trained as hard as physically possible, as hard as I, you know, there's this year, especially this year, this last Last year has been, I'm going to use that as the example, but I know for a fact there's nothing more that I could have done. There's nothing more that we could have done as a team. So knowing that is is pretty freeing in that, you know, it's the outcome, you know, as long as we do exactly what we know, what what we're capable of, it's going to be okay. And like I said, and, you know, I keep coming back to it, but the faith perspective of it, um, it matters, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter, you know, it how how I finish doesn't define me as a human being. You know, it's hard for me maybe in that moment to realize that, but it's I know down the road it's something that it'll be okay. 
Um, and that that's not what defines me as a human being. However, um, I'm not, like I said, I'm not the greatest of losers. And so, um, you know, I've, I've said it a couple of times. It's not that I le- I enjoy winning. It's that I, um, disdain losing, um, more than probably anybody. Uh, for me, it's, it, you know, could be one-on-one and nobody else is here watching, but it's embarrassing to lose at anything. And so it's just, uh, it's just who I am. Well, uh, your, your faith inspires me. And in, on our podcast, we have listeners from all different backgrounds, different spiritual beliefs, but, uh, you know, when I when I look at you, I look at a guy that really is secure in doing what you've been created to do. And so there's there's joy in it, there's fun in it, there's life in it, and your your success in whatever you do that ultimately doesn't define who you are. Right. And uh, it right. really shows in what you do. I have a theory, and as a leader, what I want to do is I want to bring my best in everything. And so I want to be always yep. growing mentally. I want to be growing spiritually. I, I need strong relationships. I actually believe. I'm 51, and I want to bring my best physical game, meaning I need all, every bit of physical endurance, strength, stamina to do what I do, and so I don't want to do it half-heartedly. We've got a lot of listeners that, that email in and ask questions like, you know, what's your diet like? What's your workout like? What advice would you give mm-hmm. to somebody who says, I really want to improve physically, but I don't even know where to start? Give us something to tangible to get our mind around and um, we're going to take the first step. What do you say, Rich? Yeah. So, I mean, for me personally, obviously, I'm I'm a huge huge proponent and huge supporter of CrossFit. Um, I I do believe in in what what it is and and how how great it is and how accessible it is to most people. However, I, I understand that um, some people either that's not what they want to do. And so, my thing is is find something that you enjoy that is physically active. Um, that's kind of the first step. You know, there's going to be there's going to be something out there for everybody. You know, like I said, you may not enjoy CrossFit, but you may enjoy, um, you know, jujitsu or, um, yoga or something like that. Like I said, I'm, I'm not one of those that says it's, there's only one way to get, you know, fitness. I I think personally, um, as long as you enjoy it and as long as you're getting some physical benefit out of it, then, then let's go ahead and do something. So for, for me personally, I, that's, that would be my number one goal is try a couple of different things. Um, if you find something, stick to it. Um, if, if CrossFit is what you're wanting to do, there's so many different either, you know, if you're not comfortable enough to do it, um, at a gym, there's a lot of people, including ourselves that we do online, um, at home programming. There's all kinds of videos on YouTube. There's, you know, crossfit.com's a, a huge wealth of knowledge of that type of thing. And then if you, if you want to find a gym, go looking for an affiliate, look in, you know, there's a, if you type in CrossFit, I'm sure in whatever town or city you live in, there's probably one or two and, um, you know, go kind of watch. Well, as, as a pastor, what I try to do is lead people spiritually. And, and I know that any real success happens in community it seems to me that CrossFit really excels in uh, in creating that community. So, yeah, I applaud you know what you all and, and all um, your peers have accomplished in helping get people in in better shape. Because we, a win in any area of life compounds into wins in other areas. And I honestly yep. believe you improve your diet, improves your confidence. Improve your workout, improves your confidence. Uh, read a book, improves your confidence. In and when we win in one area, it helps it helps us win in all areas. I'd love to ask you um, really just a couple final questions. Uh, be- yep. Before I ask you the big one, if, if um, people are looking for you, want to find out more about you, where's the best place for them to get in touch with you and follow you? Yeah, I mean, obviously, social media is a huge part of, uh, of life nowadays, whether we like it or not. 
Um, so Instagram, it's just at Rich Froning. Um, Twitter, the same. I don't do as much tweeting, I guess. Um, and then we have a YouTube channel that's probably, if you want to see daily insights of, of kind of what's going on, that's a little bit more uh, frequently updated than all my other social media. It's just CrossFit Mayhem um, on YouTube. And then CrossFitMayhem.com, like I said, there's all types of uh, things that we do on there as well. I admire your faith. I admire the way you care for your family, um, what you've done with your children, great marriage. And anytime someone stays at the, I mean, the top of their field, best of the best of the best for multiple years, that takes something really, really special. And so hats off to you. There's, there's a, um, there's a drive. There's a, um, there's something in you that, that really is admirable. And out of all that you've accomplished, which is so much, I'm curious, um, in the gym, out of the gym, on the field, off the field, wherever, what would you say you're most proud of or most thankful for? I mean, really three things if you look at it. It's my faith, obviously, because um, I would not be where I am without that faith and, and faith in Jesus and, and that he died for us. And that's that's my, you know, my go-to is that I said earlier, my talents that I've been blessed with um, are are from him and my way to glorify him is that. And then also, like you said, my, my wife is, she's an incredibly supportive, uh, incredibly humbling. You know, I have the tattoo Galatians six fourteen. man, never boast in anything except for the cross of Lord Jesus Christ, which has been crucified to me and I to the world. And I say, you know, that reminds me, um, every day when I see that in the mirror to stay humble and, and not, um, you know, not, not to boast in anything, but my wife also, uh, reminds me, daily how awesome I am not. And, uh, so she's, she's a good, good, uh, judge of that and keeps that great. And then my kids, you know, there's nothing like I was just before I came over here, I was working out in the basement and, uh, Lakeland looks at me and she's, can I work out with you, dad? And I'm like, of course. And you know, I've never once she's five, so I don't tell her anything to do, but she just wants to do what I'm doing. So she's running around the treadmill, swinging on the rings, um, picking up, she's got a little kid's barbell. And she looks at me and she's like, dad, pretend it's the CrossFit games. And I'm like, too soon to pretend it's the CrossFit games, but yeah, honey, let's go. And so, you know, she's like, you know, it was, it was, it's incredible um, and incredibly rewarding to see the things that they pick up on that I've never once been um, told them to do any of that stuff. So it's, it's pretty cool. And then my son walks in and um, he sees me picking up and putting down the barbell. So of course he just picks it up and throws it, picks it up and throws it. And he's two. So um, it's it that type of stuff are the, are the things that I live for. Yeah. Well, congratulations on being successful in the areas of life that really count most and not just being um, one of the top elite athletes in the world, but being uh, a great man, great friend, great dad, great husband that uh, in your humility shows and, and I appreciate the way you inspire so many of us. So thank you for being on today. And uh, I want to tell all of you, hey, let this inspire you. If you've got something that you want to do, something you want to try, um, go ahead and take that step. If you get better in one area, you'll get better in every area. And I want to tell you, thank you for being a part of our leadership community. Uh, if you're new with us, we will drop uh, new content on the first Thursday of every month. And get out there and mix it up. Uh, have confidence that there's more in you. You can make a real difference. And don't feel like you have to be perfect. Don't feel like you have to get it right. We always say this, that people would rather follow a leader who's always real than one who's always right. Thank you for joining us at the Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast. If you want to go even deeper into this episode and get the leadership guide or show notes, you can go to life.church slash leadership podcast. You can also sign up to have that information delivered straight to your inbox every month. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share with your friends on social media. Once again, thank you for joining us at the Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast. <laughs>